LFG, LFG, PSD. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I am your host, and this is a World of Warcraft podcast for, I'm going to say casual fans. I don't know. We're figuring this out because this is episode number one. I am your host, and I am joined by my longtime friend, as we just did the math and both were made to feel old, Dana Brown. Dana, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. That's the perkiest you have ever sounded in a conversation with me. Um, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to be... I don't know if I'm going to get used to that, but hey, here we go. <laughs> so everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is episode one. We are feeling this out as we go. The, the long and short is Dana and I are great friends. We've been playing World of Warcraft in the same guild on the same server for a very long time. And I think it's relevant because we're playing, we, we're playing this game. It's been around for so long that people forget that it still exists. And we, despite kind of moving away from the game and et cetera, we keep coming back. And I'm a podcaster, and I know she owns a microphone because she uses it to play World of Warcraft. So I was like, hey, Dana, you're going to come to a podcast with me, okay? And she was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And that's literally how this happened. So it, it's convenient, though, Dana, because we have a new expansion coming. We do. And so I told you we were going to talk about the expansion, and then you Facebooked me like seven pages of handwritten notes. So clearly <laughs> you're the organized one, and I'm the fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy, and that is uh, also uh, makes for great content. So before we go and just start talking about the expansion, et cetera, I think the first thing is let's introduce ourselves to our audience. So Dana, why don't you say who you are and talk about your kind of history with the game? Because I think, because I know it because I lived part of it, but why don't you kind of <laughs> share your experiences? Yeah. So my name is Dana. I play a character called Neff in-game. I've been playing since, oh God, 2005. I started by watching my boyfriend in college play and in subsequent also watching Steve play. And after watching them play and uh, putz around in Molten Core, I ended up rolling a character on his account to just kind of try everything out. I ended up rolling a warrior because he was a warrior at the time and he knew the mechanics and the, the buttons to push and everything. And I absolutely hated it. I hate melee. To this day, I still hate melee. So when I rolled my own account in 2006, I actually played a mage. My mage is still my first alt that I roll every time an expansion hits, but I do now play a shaman as my main character. So I played from 2006 to 2011, uh, right when around Kata hit. And then I took a break, uh, became a mom, and then uh, back in 2014, when things calmed down, when Warlords hit, I came back, and I've been back ever since. Summer reruns for me, but I remember when you first came into the guild, and I don't know why, but it took me a really long to time to figure out that you were that you were there and that you were having in a relationship with him. And uh -huh. part of that, part of that was just because it wasn't super important. Like you were playing, it was never relevant to me. Like you were part of the guild, you were playing yeah. and you were enjoying yourself. But like, I, I remember the day I learned and I was like, how did I not know that? Like this, I just felt like really <laughs> dumb. And so, you know, it, it was, I was glad that you joined. I'm glad that you didn't, allow your experience as a warrior to poison the well, as it were, because otherwise, you know, you'd have lost 15 years worth of history. So I am, 
Ah, man. So I started in vanilla World of Warcraft. I think it's probably, like, I, I missed the first, like, three or four months. So Molten Core was already out. But uh, I came out, like, I think around the time, I think Blackwing Lair was just released, you know, or something like that. Like, it was very early. But I missed the very, very beginning where everything was broken and all the crashes. I wasn't there for day one. And part of that was because I was not allowed to play. The And I tell the story on a lot of other EFG content, but I think it's relevant here because it might have some new audience people. I have a long history of playing text-based role-playing games before World of Warcraft. That's how old I am, Dana. And <laughs> so, and I really got into one of them. It's called Dragon Realms, which interestingly enough still exists. And you'll never guess, Dana, I played a Dwarven Paladin in that no. game. And yeah, his name was Deuce, actually, because you couldn't, because, you know, you had to change your name a little bit. Okay. And so it was D-E-U-T-C. And so eventually I had to stop playing that game. So I just was so into it. And uh, as a joke, we were in a GameStop at a mall and I picked up the box for World of Warcraft and I showed it to my wife. And we sat down in the food court. And had a very similar conversation, I think, to the conversation that people would have, like, if they were at the mall and they decided they wanted to get, like, a cat, you mm -hmm. know, from the pet store, where it was like, well, who's going to take care of it? And when are you going to, and it was more like, when are you going to play? And, and I, you know, we, we followed those rules for a couple of weeks. And then I just started playing and I joined the same guild that we're in. And before I was even at the level cap. You know, I think I, I think I was like guild member, like number 10 or something yeah. in this guild that's been around for almost 20 years. And uh, I played and I stayed until Wrath of the Lich King. And I changed, you know, I played a Dwarven Paladin. And all my, my the thing I'm famous for, at least within our guild, is that all of my characters' names end in guard. So it's Dorngard and Brongard and Rindelgard. I'm slowly adjusting that now, but only because, you know, I'm older now. But the... I played until Wrath of the Lich King where I had to where I had to stop because at that point I, I really did have a unhealthy relationship with the game. And so I had to walk away and I was frustrated and it was taking up a lot of my time and I was becoming kind of toxic as a result of it. And you know, so eventually I bailed. I came back in Legion, which is the expansion right before battle for azeroth and i came back and my intention was to come in and be there for you know a while i was going to do some streaming um i was going to you know make some content similar to this around what it was like to be someone who was a you know kind of a recovered world of warcraft addict right like the idea of coming back and like having a more casual relationship with the game then my laptop that i was using to stream etc broke and so i just didn't come back until i had the machine that I have now. And I came back in the middle or really towards the end, I think, of Battle for Azeroth. I've been for, back for about 90 days. And that's where I was like, you know what? It's time to like make some content. It's time to make use of my time. And yeah, we're in the same guild. We mess around. What I think is really interesting is we're in the same guild, but we play a very different game because you raid with them and I don't, but we are able to connect through you know other channels but also do like some casual stuff on fridays so and that's one of the things i really like about world of warcraft and one of the things i think you and i are going to showcase is this game is very different for different people and i think it's going to continue to be very different for the two of us even moving into the next expansion and then, yeah i just rambled a lot but i think that's a good just to give everybody an idea what the two of us are all about also dana is very sassy and so she's going to give me a lot of crap for the stuff that i say and do so Everybody just get used to it. Lord knows I am. So 
Dana, let's talk about Shadowlands. Because, I mean, that's a really exciting thing. We we were talking about this like a month ago. And we were like, you know what? We should, let's just wait until Shadowlands. So this past week, they gave us a whole bunch of information. Tell me, before we get into details, mm-hmm. how excited are you for an expansion? Like, is it time for an expansion for you? Oh, it's definitely time for an expansion for me. Um, I'm in our guild's uh, mythic rating group, and there always comes a point where everybody is just kind of over the content. And that's not even just end of expansion. That is just end of raids. Like when we're waiting for new patches to hit or waiting for expansions, we hit this wall and we're just like, man, this raid has been great, but I'd really like some new stuff to do. And we're, we've hit that wall probably about a month ago. So the fact that they've actually finally announced that Shadowlands is coming and it is still coming this year, even with COVID happening, we're pretty excited about it. I mean, I have been kind of watching that. You know, I, I sit in guild chat while you guys are in the raids. And I've been kind of feeling that too, that you guys are just kind of done because of some of the user interface mods and stuff. Like I know when you guys are fighting bosses and when you're wiping. And so I try to be a cheerleader. Like I try to participate even though I'm not there. It it comes off as kind of corny, but I just kind of roll with it. I can tell that it's time and I'm kind of ready for it too. I think I'm in the same boat for a different reason. I came in so late and you and your, your partner have been like really good about helping me try and get caught up. But the thing about the end of a World of Warcraft expansion at this point, and this is for anybody that's listening to this, thinking about joining, by all means, I can say comfortably, I basically restarted and I was able to get caught up pretty well. There's so many resources and so many players that are willing to help. But I really never felt like I engaged with the mechanics. Like there are quests that I never really dealt with. There are whole systems that I really don't know. Wouldn't you believe that I just figured out that there was stuff to do in Darkshore last week? Um, <laughs> and apparently there's like a whole thing. This is oh, like yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. There are dungeons that there, that I still haven't done. And there are raids that I'll wait until I'm fully geared for next expansion to go back and just do them myself just to see what the content looks like. But like, I'm ready just because I want to get in on the ground floor of an expansion. Like, because now for a game as mature as WoW is, every time they do a new expansion, it basically does feel like a new game. They just keep adding more stuff as the expansion goes on. The phrase that you and Jason did was you kept saying it was like drinking from the fire hose, Mm -hmm. right? So I am ready for a, like a water fountain that like you really got to (laughs) work to like get out there. Yeah. Um, What do you, so the theme of Shadowlands is that what's her name? Sylvanas, who, by the way, I really don't like, I know people really are all into her as like a villain. I think she sucks, but that's, we'll talk about that later. But so she rips the wrath, the Lich King's helmet in half and shatters the veil between life and death. And so we're all sucked into the Shadowlands. What do you think of that? Like, where are you at thematically? So it's an interesting twist in like a lore perspective for me you know like we've gone through a lot of the horde versus alliance and then like us having to come together to fight a common enemy be it you know old gods or an alternate timeline or whatever and so this is a definite new avenue for them to go I'm curious to see where they go with the whole life versus death veil limbo thing. And I'm curious to see how we deal with it, the aftermath of it, how we come out of it. And it's definitely an interesting 
venue just, for sure. Just to let you know, Dana, we're absolutely going to have an entire episode where we, the two of us, map out our prediction for what happens afterwards. All right. And when the next expansion is announced, we are a hundred percent revisiting that episode to go All back right. and see how accurate we are. <laughs> that is how what the kids say: quality content. So we're going to yeah. do that. I am a hundred percent with you. I'm going to be real. I am not sure I'm going to like it. Cause, and I've, you've heard me say it a bunch of times in Guild. Like, I just want to fight orcs and stuff. Like, I am, sure. I'm super, with that said, the big thing with Battle for Azeroth is how Cthulian it is. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Mizoth is Cthulhu. Like, he yeah. just is. Um, I feel that way too. You're not alone in that. And I'm just kind of done. Now, it's fine. Like, whatever. I'm just hitting dudes with a hammer or healing other people while they hit them with a hammer. I was ready for, you know, some high fantasy. And now I'm going to get like, you know, heavy metal album covers. And that's probably going to be fine. And I'm ready for something new. You know, I thought BFA, Battle for Azeroth, I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I came back after, like the last expansion I played was Wrath of the Lich King, right? And Mm -hmm. like, I played a little bit of Legion before my computer broke. But like, I was mostly exploring old context. I had to start a new character and we'll go over that story another time. I never actually made it to Legion before the computer broke so i never got to see legion so like i didn't know that legion looked markably better than wrath of the lich king so now i come back to bfa and the models are so beautiful and even the characters look better and so i miss like all those radical upgrades and i absolutely love stormsong valley like that is my favorite zone i think of any that i have it is very very pretty and yeah they did do all of the character and animation and graphic upgrades in like the middle of legion like legion started off very just like monotone like if i were to ever like explain anything to anybody on how an expansion felt it was uh legion was just very green everything was very fell <laughs> yeah that's what i can gather because i played through part of it largely because i had to level a demon hunter so legion is what you do if you're playing a demon hunter and so i played through some of that and you're right it did look very green bfa is just very purple this is true because all the the bad dudes are you know big purple you know monstrosities and just nazoth himself who i am fortunate that i was able to actually see that content because of the you know the thing we do on fridays but like yeah it's still very purple. So I'm very curious to see, you know, how, you know, what the, the theme is. I have a feeling that the theme for the next one is going to be black because there's just so half of the zones and we'll talk about them later are very undead heavy. And so this is true. You're not wrong black. there. Um, well, so- I will say it's probably split between there's two that are very dark and death and black. And then there are two that are very blue and green with very much like, life and light so there's yeah there's kind of a dichotomy there i mean that's true that's true so clearly we're both ready to move into an expansion so i guess you know we talked about the very basic theme the the core of the next expansion as they explained it to us in this past live stream is the four covenants there's gonna be four regions four covenants dana why don't because you took all these wonderful notes why don't you tell us who the four covenants are and then we'll just kind of talk about our thoughts on them okay so we have uh bastion necrolords night fae and venthyr um in their respective zones of kyrian maldraxxus ardenweald and revendreth so all right so those are the four zones bastion is 
more or less, those are like the angels, right? Like everything is orderly and very white and light blue and very kind of pristine. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would call them almost like the lawful good ones. This is uh, true. I, or maybe, maybe I don't know. Like we don't, I don't know that they're good though. Like I have a feeling that this is going to be a whole lot of shades of gray where we're going to go and assume that these guys are good guys. But like, I have a feeling that they're going to have some things to say. This um, is true. Because... They'll Nothing. probably be in the lawful realm of some kind, but whether they're lawful, good, neutral, or evil is remains to be seen. So that's the Bastion, and they're in Kyrian. So th after that, you talked about the Necrolords. Now, the Necrolords, this is the birthplace of all necromancy in mm -hmm. Asgard. So <laughs> Maldraxxus, everything they have showed us, it looks like an 80s heavy metal cover, right? Like, it's just... Like, everything is, like, bones and zombies, but, like, in a really, like, cartoony World of Warcraft way. So, like, yeah. if it wasn't cartoony in World of Warcraft, this would be, like, the Resident Evil zone, right? Like, it would just be, like, just nasty and gross. <laughs> but because it's cartoony, wow, like, this is going to be almost funny zombies. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we got a little bit of this world when we got introduced to uh, Death Knights in Warlord, uh, not Warlords, in Wrath of Lich King, um, where they had, you know, I think it was in what, the Eastern Plaguelands? Um, yeah. They had their little hub and Naxxramas and all of that, where everything was a little bit more uh, necromantic and a little oozy and a little death and decay and. You know, it's it's a very interesting world and very, very opposite of Bastion. Yeah. The, what's going to be interesting is because they're going to do this both ways, right? Like, we know that there are going to be some very flawed people and places. And, you know, there's going to be, like, that corner, like, the, the, that one room that you go into in Bastion where you're like, whoa. <laughs> what's going on in here but i bet that there's going to be some corner of maldraxxus that is 100 percent like redeemable like this is going to be like this one like corner where there's stuff going on where like you feel kind of bad for them or they're heroic or something just because clearly that's i mean when you have this much content like there's going to be something going on there it'll be really interesting to see and so next is the Night Fae, and they're in Ardenweald. That's going to be, that, that's the zone I'm actually looking forward to exploring the most. Because this is where all of, like, natural life and the elementals, etc., you know, when they, the, I, I don't want to say elementals, because elementals mean a very specific thing in World of Warcraft lore. I don't want to make the lore <laughs> nerds come and beat me up. But, like, when things from the natural world die, they go to Ardenweald. And I'm very interested to see how that plot works out, because... The natural world, you know, is very interesting in the fact that the, even the natural world in, you know, Azeroth wasn't really created naturally. It was kind of forced as far as, like, all the titans and all the stuff that they did. So I'll be very interested to see, like, how this all plays out. Um, and the Venthyr, I really don't want to like them. Like, I don't want to. They're, like, you know, kooky gothic vampires. They're the vamps, I, yeah. And I feel like I'm going to want to go there and, like, play a lot of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> and, you know, th this just feels like it's going to be the most, like, tropey yeah. of all of them. But, like, some of their stuff just looks so cool. Oh, man. So I have been struggling with trying to figure out where my characters are going to end up in all of these covenants. I'm going to level... Probably about five of my my characters, my main, and then about four alts. And I'm trying to figure out where they're all going and 
we'll talk about this at, in depth at a later point, but I've, I'm really struggling with finding somebody to go into Venthyr and I want to love Venthyr. They have the, like the coolest armor. They have an, like the most interesting story to me. They've got really cool, like bone wings that you get to play with. And as like a cloak, but I just, I, I can't find their abilities that match any of my characters as like, um, like that mesh well enough for me to be like, yes, this character needs to go into Venthyr. Yeah. I mean, so I guess the, we, the, 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 you, you said it right. Like every character has to assign themselves to one of these, or, I mean, I guess you don't have to, but like, why are you playing this expansion? Um, you, you basically have to choose and align yourself with one of these factions, and that's going to produce all, most of your endgame content. And a lot of it is you get abilities, like what Dana said. And so I think this is going to be a really interesting thing to see, right? Because there are some people who are going to join purely based on what is the right decision for their role. So, you know, like progression raiders are going to be joining the whatever the or you know mythic raiders or you know mythic you know dungeon runners are going to join whichever faction like really fits the you know and is the strongest for their role mm -hmm. um but then i think a lot of other people especially a lot of alts you know it's gonna be really interesting to see like what everybody goes into i'm i don't raid so um i'm probably going to be leveling I think I'm probably going to have around nine to 10 characters that I play through the expansion. And so I'm, I know I'm going to be with everybody and I, I, I am struggling to see who I'm going to put in the Venthyr. Probably. I mean, what's really interesting is I, I, I some part of me wants to just put my main, uh, cause my main is a paladin and is to put him in the Necrolords. Um, but I have a feeling that some of my guildmates who role play a little bit more would just it would just be really off-putting for them, so I probably won't. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to figure out what everybody does and where they put everybody, as far as, you know, especially regarding transmogs, because this is really, the transmogrification system really is, whenever it got added, I'm so excited that it still exists, because I, mainly as a paladin, that means I get to wear judgment armor and mm -hmm. not have to wear old stuff. Which I'm so glad. I don't know if I told you, but I completed the whole set. And I'm very excited. You did. I'm super excited. For I'm you. so excited. Thank goodness I never have to go into Blackwing Lair <laughs> again. So figuring out where everybody goes in all of these covenants, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I think the game is going to look pretty cool towards the end. They gave us some more information too. You know, the, the core is going to be playing through this story that's going to require you leveling through all four of these zones, which I think is going to be pretty interesting, getting through all four of them over the course of, you know, 10 levels. That should be relatively quick jaunts, considering how fast they want to make leveling after the expansion. But the idea is to learn what they're all about. And then once you kind of join them, that's when you go through the real big, like, this is what this covenant is about and you know a really long end game story i'm really interested to see how all that plays out and i think it'd be really fun to play through it and do something different on all my characters they did something similar to that with the cloak thing battle for azeroth where everybody had to do this long quest to get this legendary cloak but it was the same as everybody so i have to get this cloak on all of my characters and i kind of don't think i'm gonna <laughs> because i don't want to do the same quest over and over again you know, oh, man, I wish there was a catch up mechanic on that where it's just like, hey, Blizzard, I've done this uh, five times now. Can I just have the cloak at this point? They let you skip some stuff. Yeah, um, but not enough. Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree. I, I mean, 
Don't give me the EXP if you want. But yeah, I think, you know, the, the one thing that I did see them say is because the idea is, you it, at least on one character, you need to go through all four zones and complete certain achievements, I'm guessing, mm -hmm. before you can join a Covenant. On subsequent characters, you can join the Covenant from level one, from level 50, like right away. So I saw that. I think that's great, <laughs> you know, to be able to just kind of roll through it and not have to worry about doing the, you know, the, the freaking hall tour and figuring out which, you know, which dorm you want to live in. And I think I'm really excited to find out, or I was excited when they did the live stream last week to find out, and let me, I want to hear your thoughts on this, that not only is it going to shape transmogrifications and abilities and stuff like that, but it's also going to shape what your end game activities look like because uh, you're going to primarily be doing a lot of like neat stuff in those zones. So you really have to tie yourself to what zone you think is cool. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So you need to not only look at what abilities it gives you as a character um, and a class. And then on top of that, you know, if you're looking for specific armor types or cool mounts or pets or whatever for like the more casual players. But then like on top of that, it's, you know, instead of having all of these rep grinds that we have, we now have what's called renown. So we need to build up this reputation just within the covenant that we choose. And thank God they actually like tossed out the endless grind of xp or azurite power or whatever that we do in the past and it's just like you have these set things to do every week and it's a finite number of things so it's you know you you push through your campaign a little bit and then you do a couple of weekly quests and then that's it and then it you know you kind of limit the amount of things that you need to do in game to keep up your renown so that you know the catch-up mechanic is a little bit easier um but then once you you know, push that renown, you get into, um, I think they're what, the soul binds or whatever, where you get to like kind of masquerade as these like super powerful characters and do quests with them and stuff in game with them. And you get achievements and, you know, gear and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool to me. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it, it's always interesting to see, you know, what game designers do to try and make things different and kind of keep things fresh. And you know that they're, that with World of Warcraft, I mean, this being the eighth expansion, which is still insane to me to like really think about. Um, and, but I mean, let's be honest, you know, if, as long as we don't get sick of each other, we'll be doing this for the 20th expansion. Like this, this is, is game true. is just, this game is never going to go away. There's, it's just reached a critical mass. That's really just a matter of figuring out, keeping it going. And even if there's only five servers, like, It'll just keep going. Watching them kind of learn and build on different stuff and seeing how it's expressed differently is really, you know, it's, it's super fun to me. Like, there were world quests when I started, and now it's like a fundamental part of my game is logging in every day and seeing what the emissary is and then kind of doing my homework on however many alts I have. I know that nauseates you, uh, Dana, because you're not a big emissary <laughs> fan. No. Um, but I actually kind of like it. I find it kind of, I find it, you know, kind of relaxing. Also, I have children who absolutely love doing them for me. So that actually helped. I didn't leverage that today, which I probably should have because man, I had to do 20 of them on four characters and suffice it to say, I did not actually do 20 of them on five characters, um, <laughs> because I just couldn't, but it's really interesting to see how they've kind of expressed everything. I think the renowned system, it really depends on how much of a grind it is before I get really excited about it, but I'm fine with, you know, I, I saw some of the comments, you know, after the, the live stream where they said that it was going to be like mini game central. 
you know, you're going to play a renowned minigame and you're going to have this, you know, extra talent tree with all these soul binds that you can mess with. You know, you're going to have whatever, you know, redirecting the anima or whatever, like the life force of the afterlife from within your region to turn stuff on. And I'm like, yep, that sounds cool. I'm excited to learn about all of this from the beginning. I am terrified of the idea of coming into this expansion at the end because you and I both know that there's going to be what, like five or six, like major content patches Mm -hmm. where they add new crap yep or augment stuff and like i don't i I don't know what bfa looked like when it started but i know (laughs) that it is way different now yeah and so it'll be interesting to see how that all develops and we'll be talking about it on a podcast so there have been a whole bunch of interviews you know with the dev team now that now that they've confirmed that it's coming out this year one quote that I saw that I was very interested to talk to you about, especially from a casual perspective, is when they said that they have so many mounts designed that they don't know where to put them. Oh. Did I you know see that? Several people, no, I did not, but I know several people who will be super excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. What that means to me is that this is going to be a very different world. And, it, and that makes sense because it's, you know, death. But they really are just kind of leaning into the fact that this is a different place and, you know, giving people mount variety. And so they're apparently they're going to be all over the place that you'll be earning them with renown and you'll be earning them with, um, you know, as rewards for completing challenges. They'll probably be dropping off of stuff. Uh, I think that's super fun. I can't wait to see what some of these crazy death mounts are. They've given some examples. Didn't they also talk about the fact that, like, with, uh, was it the Necrovords? Um, Yeah, I think so. Or it's almost like a stitch amount where you can almost, like, piecemeal a mount together based on, like, different, like, you get, like, four options for body part, four options for head, and, like, you get to almost piecemeal it together as your own different kind of mount. Uh, I did not see that, but that sounds awesome. I know the Necrolords, you get to build abominations. Are you using that abomination as a mount? Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a, a, like a pet thing. But I thought it was a mount. I thought they were talking about mounts. I'll have to go back and look at that. Um, that would be awesome to me. I know that the Necrolords, because like, everybody has like their own, all the different factions. These I can't say factions because faction is a very specific thing. All these covenants have different mini games more or less that you deal with it as part of the end game content so like the, the for bastion you have like a big tournament like a, like a coliseum more or less and you know the necrolords you can make your own abominations and the night fey you build you're building like a zoo and the venthyr apparently you're just throwing a, a goth rave like whatever i, I don't know i'm just <laughs> just suffice it to say i am not interested in being in the Venthyr, but I'm going to have to have a character in the Venthyr. I just don't think I'm going to be engaging with them. I think it'll just be whichever character I want to have a shadow step. I'm going to need know. to just, like, roll a rogue and stick them in Venthyr, just for, like, transmog purposes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're probably not wrong. I mean, it'll look cool. I think I'm probably just going to do uh, my Demon Hunter as... Not a bad idea. Ben Theer, because I think that'll, I mean, that, that'll look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And my Demon Hunter is really just, I mean, she's not even close to my main, but she's just my farming character. So I'll probably just throw her in there. But because I think maybe the Shadow Step will be useful for her. I don't, I don't really know. But the, and, and the idea of throwing a party 
as a game mechanic just seems not my style, but like whatever, maybe I'll like it. Or maybe it's that thing that I do casually. It, it depends on what's involved in throwing the party. If it's like you have to go farm these materials seven times over to throw a party to like have the things for the party, that's a little too grindy for me. But if it's, you know, you have to do these three mini games in order to throw the party, I'm a little more interested. We'll see how they do that. So one more, I guess, detail to talk about. I guess there's two more things I want to talk about before we go. Because you made so many notes. I think you wrote the show notes for our first, like, seven episodes. (laughs) Um, Which is so great. Because we're going to have all sorts of stuff to talk about. Because we're going to get into the nitty-gritty probably about, who knows. We're going to have a meeting after this and we'll talk about it. But um, So I think, I guess it's impossible to talk about this without talking about the level squish. Um, Which, when I explained it to my wife, because it occurred to me that I never told her about it until yesterday. Oh. And it doesn't matter a huge amount. Like, she really doesn't. She played, she got a character in vanilla up to level 60. Um, and so she, like, understands and plays the game. So she can speak the language. Um, and she's lived with me, so clearly she's heard me talk about it a lot. But she is, you know, when I was like, hey, yeah, so the new level cap's going to be level 60. And after they, you know, after they do the pre-patch, they're going to put us ever, all down to level 50. She was like, what? so what do you think about that what do you think about the decision to cut the game in half level wise i mean it it was kind of coming i mean we've done eye level squishes so many times now that i mean what were we going to be doing grinding up to a thousand by the time we were done with this game uh every time we jumped from you know 80 to 85 to 90 to 100 to 110 now to 120 it just seemed like this endless grind to start a character from scratch that it feels almost like a relief to be able to pull a new character from level one and be like i only have 60 levels to do instead of i have 120 or 130 so i feel like it's it makes the game a little bit more approachable for people, especially in the alt world, or if people who are brand new to the game who want to start trying. It's a little bit less daunting of a task to go to 60 versus 120 or 130. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, As someone who did this, I leveled a character. So, I mean, the way that it ended up working is I started at legion and i had lost my prior account and i'll tell this story another time because this is fascinating but i lost the account and i made a new character and so i leveled him to level 100 105 i think is when the when the laptop died and so then when i bought bfa i ended up getting the old account back and because of you know i ended up in a conversation with blizzard customer service and they helped me find it and as a result of weirdness, I ended up with another level 110 character boost. And I think just because of the way that the accounts were, frankly, I think the person who stole my old account bought Legion and didn't use the 110 boost. So I did. <laughs> and so what I did is I got my old Paladin back, who was still like level 75. And, stand, and he was just a freaking auction house mule. How depressing was that? And I just boosted him to level 110. And just immediately went through all of the, and just only went through BFA content. I think it was actually just perfect for me, right? But as somebody who leveled to 105 and then had a computer die and then level, you know, so I missed five levels. Man, did it take too freaking long. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. 
it was fun for me because I was leveling through old world content and I was leveling very fast and I knew how to play the game more or less, but it still took way too much time. And so now to be able to take it and, you know, cause they're talking about making it take like 15 to 20 hours tops to get a character from level one to 60. So it basically is like, you know, kind of playing a new game for, you know, PlayStation or whatever. That sounds super fun to me to the point where I had some other characters that I was like desperate to race to the level cap now that we have double experience going on. And I've like, you know what? I'm a hold up. I'll, uh, I'll finish them later. The other thing is it's not just about the experience. And I think the, the, the other piece, which is, you know, you play level one through 10 in this, you know, completely new exiles reach thing. And then you choose which expansion you want to go through. And it could be BFA or, you know, whatever. And you just play through all those expansions. It spits you out at level 50. You more or less die and go into the Shadowlands. I think that is really cool. Like, because if you get to the level for Pandaria and you go to Pandaria, you don't get to play through that whole zone before it's time to move on. Whereas now you really do. You got to play the whole story from front to end of whatever expansion it is, which I'm really excited about because I never got to play, say, Legion. Or I played Legion, but I never played Warlords at all. I just never saw it. Um, and so I get to play through Warlords. That sounds great. <laughs> so um, I'm actually really excited to see that and, you know, play through that and, like, really experience the stories. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I think the, I think it's going to be a cool experience. I can't wait to see it. Um and this new starting zone sounds kind of cool, too, this Exile's Reach thing. Is that the Maw? No. The Maw is... We're going to talk about the Maw next time, I think. Okay. So the Exile's Reach is the new starting zone for all of the Alliance. Like, basically, everyone oh. starts at the same place now instead of the racial ones. You okay. start. I think you might have the option to start at the racial ones, but I think by default, everybody starts in this one place. Um. And I think part of that is artificially to make the game seem more alive so you, you see more new players. Because mm -hmm. uh, if everyone is starting in the same place, you, you'll see more new players and it makes the game feel more alive artificially. I know a lot of people think that's bad because it's cheating, but for me, I don't care. There are still millions of people playing this game, so it's not like it's failing. Right. Um, like, the, the people who want to say that that's a bad thing don't understand business because <laughs> World of Warcraft is still very, still quite profitable. Um, Come on now. Um, you got to put up Grand Theft Auto numbers to be successful. Um, but it certainly makes it look better if everybody's all in the same place. And so that's the level squish. I'm super hyped about that. Are you going to, are, are you looking forward to like kind of leveling? Is there an expansion? If, you, if I'm putting you on the spot, if you had to make a character post level squish and like, what's the expansion that you want to play through? Ooh. You mean as if I like, if I were to start a new character, yeah, a new character play like, through a different, hmm. Or replay it, because obviously you've seen them all at this point. But Yeah, I mean, I played everything on level except Kata and Mists. Um, those are the two expansions that I missed, but I did end up playing them at least partially uh, in leveling my mage up in Warlords. Um, so I have at least seen the content, but if I were to pick any expansion to kind of Investigate my way through. It would probably be Warlord, uh, Wrath of Lich King. Okay. It was probably I, one of my favorite expansions. I, uh, I I feel strongly about that one too. Um, I the one that I just really don't understand is Cataclysm, and so I would do that because I 
I know that it just added new zones and stuff, but like being able to fully explore the story of Cataclysm would be really fun for me because I really have no idea what happened. <laughs> I know there was some stuff with Deathwing and like he met, he made a mess of some stuff, but I, that, that's actually one raid encounter that I haven't been able to do because you need two people or you need to be good at video games because I could not beat him. He kept shaking me off him. Oh, um, yeah, you got to do a lot of zigzagging. It's much easier with two people. Yeah, I know. So you can help me. I say that as she's like, no, I won't. Um, <laughs> I'll make Jason do it. So, I mean, that's fine. You've got a minion. So so that's the level squish. Very exciting. And we'll talk more about that as we find out more details because they're making a lot of interesting changes. Like, you know, you know, uh, the heritage weapons aren't going to have experience bonuses. Like, they're fine-tuning that. It'll be interesting. The last thing that I wanted to talk about was Torghast. Okay. So the, the another, like, I think the piece de resistance for this one is this unending dungeon, which is got some roguelike elements, which I hear roguelike. I'm like, okay, let me, let me add this uh, because I do enjoy those. Are you familiar with the roguelike genre, Dana? Mm -hmm. No, okay. I'm not. Well, I know you're primarily a World of Warcraft player, so I know that, and that, this is from outside the WoW, so I thought I would just, uh, you know, I, I would ask just in case you heard it. So roguelike games are more or less games that every time you start over, they're completely different. And so this is, and so there is a subgenre called roguelite, which are games that every time you start over, the, the game itself is different. However, you get to kind of maintain some of the stuff that you gather. So you might gain resources that you could then use to build up. And so Torghast is going to be a rogue light, meaning you will go into this dungeon tower. I don't know what it's actually going to be. Uh, it's a castle. I know canonically, but I don't know what you do in there. Um, and you explore it, you fight monsters, and you're going to gain new powers. So you'll be gathering resources, and we're going to use those to build custom legendary weapons and armor, etc. And so, first off, I mean, you did the Mage Tower, and you've done the Visions of Orgrimmar and Stormwind, which are kind of the same thing now. Yeah. Or at least, what do you, what are your, what's your read on Torghast? Like, are you excited for Torghast, or is this going to be a chore? Um, eh, well, I'm probably the last person to ask that for, because everything like that is like keystones or mage towers or anything like that can gives me high anxiety because there's just a high level of failure. So I tend to lean away from them, um, but I always end up doing them to some degree. Um, I did the mage tower on several characters only after I was like way over geared and it was easier to do um, to, in order to get like the legendary weapon appearances and everything. But this to me is interesting in the fact that you kind of get to experience it, learn some things, and then it's different the next time you go in. Um, it reminds me a lot of Harry Potter with like the moving staircase, where every time you go into the area, it's a different path. So you can't just metagame it and learn the pathway and just overpower it. It's everybody kind of stays on an even playing field, which is a little bit nicer for me. Um, but it it still might end up being a little bit of a chore for me just because I tend to play a healer and, you know, big DPS is not my my forte. Well, I read something today because um, there was a big question about whether or not healers are going to have to maintain an off DPS spec to like, are we going to have to because I primarily play a healer also. So um, heads up, everybody, this podcast is going to be uh, at least a little bit uh, sympathetic to the healers. Um, so. Um, and I have no idea how to tank. I've never done it, and I never will. Um, so, 
because uh, I'm way too dumb to figure it out. Um, so the, the they the, there were questions about like so does that mean in order to do tour gas we're going to have to like our paladin's going to have to have a retribution build just for tour gas and they said no and that a because you're going to be earning tour gas specific abilities that you won't be able to use outside of tour gas based on the gear that you'll be crafting that will have abilities in tour gas so they said that while we are in there their intention is to tune it so that say healers will get more damaging abilities while they're in there. Okay, On top of the fact that. that being able to heal yourself is and heal yourself very well is a is a thing. I've actually found myself doing world quests on my primary as holy mm-hmm. because I am just it just takes a while longer, but like I'm never afraid for my life. Because I yeah, can. I always do everything as healing spec. I level healing, I do world quests as healing, and everything. It takes a little bit longer to do, but um, we have high survivability, so I'm yeah. not really that worried. I also, I think I read something somewhere where if you do Torghast, like there's an ability to do it kind of like visions with a group. So yeah. being a healer isn't necessarily like a detriment. So if it's, oh yeah. Can be played one to two, uh, one to five players. So yeah. So if I go in with a group, I don't care. I'll do that all day long. Yeah. The other thing that I and, and that that I think is true. I think I'm excited about the idea of trying it by myself because I one of the things that I really like to do is to not like impact other people, and I just kind of like to go, you know, manage my own strategies and go. So I'll probably do a lot of it solo. Although I have a feeling that you and I will do a fair amount of them together just so we can talk about them. So uh, that'll be interesting. One thing that they did announce as part of the live stream that made me so happy, because remember we were talking about this beforehand where I was like, man, I wonder how we're going to have to unlock getting into it. Because right now to do visions, you have to like go grind some stuff and get Mm -hmm. some currency to like put them in the arcade machine so you can play and then risk dying. And it's just a mess. I I honestly am never going to do another one. I don't find it fun. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, and that's fine because nobody really needs me for, you know, end game content. Um, but like the, the fact that the tour gas, you can just do as much as you want and they just yeah. completely unlocked it. That makes me so happy that it's just, it's just another activity that I can do and when I'm done with world quests. I can just pop on a character and just rush over there and get some materials and, even on lower level characters or alts, I can run through without having to worry about that extra step. You know, like, right. I don't know how people do it if they have multiple characters and have to level up multiple cloaks and do all sorts. I just don't understand it. Um, well, I can so tell you, fun. I can tell you I live with one and um, he snorts the Matrix and doesn't sleep and is, you have to have a lot of time on your hands in order to be able to do that. And not a lot of us do. I mean, our guild grew up together and we've been together for 15 years and we all started off in our 20s and now we're all in our 40s. And, you know, life kind of takes hold and we don't have the 30 hours a week to invest in this game anymore. So the fact that they unlocked a, a grind to be able to get into things is really refreshing for us because, you know, it's, you know, you get home from work, you feed the kids, you feed yourself. You get your PJs on, you pour a glass of wine, and you can do whatever the hell you want in the game without having to be like, oh, God, I have to go grind this faction or this rep or get this, you know, item in order to be able to do this thing. You just go do that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. Like just all the stuff that I've read about it and seen, I think it's cool. The fact that I'll be able to do it on my various characters and slowly chip away at improving some of their legendary gear and getting some cool stuff. I think that'll be a whole lot of fun. You know, my bucket list right now is I want to be able to pay for a month of World of Warcraft with gold that I make. Like that's like, <laughs> that's like, I just, even if I only do it once, like I just want to do it. And so obviously having more powerful characters will help with that. And so having the Torghast is something that I can just get into as a casual player and, you know, level them up. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm nervous about it because who knows, it could suck, but I have faith. Um, So, yeah, I think it's going to be great. And I can't wait to uh, play in some of those things with you now that I don't have to struggle to have the time to unlock it. You know, yeah. you have the you have the advantage of having your your partner behind you, you know, dragging you along. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have no such luck. That's so, true. so, so, Dana, I think I, I think that's a good place to start. We really kind of talked about like some of the bones of this uh, expansion and how excited we are. I think let, let's just start this right now. Our temp. We'll, I think we'll just end every podcast. Let's do this. Let's take our temperature on World of Warcraft right now. Okay. Right, like one to ten. How are you about the game just in general? I'm going to say I am at a nine. Like I am very happy with it. I'm happy with where it's going. I'm happy with my relationship with it. Where are you? Probably a solid eight and a half. I'm right. pretty excited about the new expansion, what the, the new things are. It doesn't seem like it's going to be as grindy as other expansions have been. So I'm optimistic and hopeful. Same. <laughs> Same. I'm very excited. This is a neat new project to make every minute of our World of Warcraft experience a little bit more fulfilling to me because I am a podcaster. This is what I like. So everybody, I hope you guys, enjoy, you know, this was an experiment. So uh, here's my hope. Um, you can find me and, you know, you can find me on Facebook and you can find, you know, we're, we're going to have some social, I'm going to record a little piece with social media stuff for this. Specifically, you'll be able to find us on Twitter at EFG. LFG PST. Send us your tweets, you know, find us and let us know what your thoughts are on what we did. What kind of stuff do you want us to talk about? Uh, and we will endeavor to cover those things. So Dana, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a very long time coming. Um, but very excited. Everybody, you have yourself a great week. We will be back after the reset. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.